0: For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. In the first century, the apostle John was concerned that traveling religious hucksters would make their way to all the house churches and spread their false teaching. The same falsehood threatens the body of Christ today with many more ways false teachers can infiltrate the church via technology. Every heresy the church faces today is a rehash of some false doctrine the church has dealt with over the last 2,000 years. Do you know real Christianity from its counterfeit? Are you walking in truth, love, and obedience to God's commands? I'm Ron Jones, and this is something good.
1: If we took a peek inside your home church, what would we see? Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian and thanks for stopping by. Well, what is the purpose of the local church? What should be its priorities? Ron answers those questions and more today as he continues his teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org anytime to hear Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor, here's Ron with part two of his message, 2nd and 3rd John, Walking in Truth, Love, and Obedience.
0: Let's pick it up in verse one. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. Now John wants the best for his friend, and he says, um, you know, Gaius, as as your soul is prospering, I also want your life to prosper and your health to prosper. Here is a true friend who wants the best for his friend. Uh, John rejoices after hearing from others that his friend is walking in the truth. Uh, Those that were reporting to John were probably the itinerant preachers that he was sending around, the missionaries that were going around to the house churches. They came back and said, hey, there's this guy named Gaius. He is is doing it right. He is walking in the truth. And that caused uh, John to sort of swell with the pride of a father. And he says in uh, verse four of 3 John, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. In this case, this was John's uh, children in the faith. Uh, he had invested in their, their, their lives. Maybe he led Gaius to faith in Christ, we don't know. But this is the kind of verse too that every parent and grandparent uh, uh, can, can embrace. I have no greater joy than to know that my children or my grandchildren are walking in the truth. Conversely, nothing grieves a Christian parent's heart more than to know that their child or their grandchild is wayward and is not following Christ. Maybe they grew up in the church, they know better. It grieves our heart, but when they're walking in the truth, what John just, uh, uh, his heart was full of joy. John goes on to commend Gaius not only for walking in the truth and love and for obeying God's commandments, but Gaius is a generous man. And he's a hospitable man. And he uh, opened up his home and opened up the church and opened up his wallet to the traveling itinerant pastors and missionaries who came through. Let's pick it up in verse five where John writes, beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these that we may be uh, fellow workers for the truth. What John is saying is, uh, Gaius, three cheers for you. Three cheers for you, for your generosity, for your hospitality. Three cheers, Gaius, for extending the gospel through your generosity and your hospitality by financially supporting those, he says, who served for the sake of the name. It's interesting, in 2nd and 3rd John, there's no mention of the name of Jesus, but there's an allusion to it here. Who are these who went out? like itinerant pastors and missionaries to serve uh, in the name, well, they're they're serving in the name of Jesus Christ. And when they came around to these house churches, Gaius opened up his heart and opened up his wallet and opened up his his little house church and invited them in and prayed for them and uh, supported them financially. I, I would call Gaius a gospel patron. And the gospel lives on the patronage of God's people. John says to Gaius, uh, you know, these these itinerant pastors, they don't go to the Gentiles, to the unbelieving world to get their support. Uh, They they don't look for sponsorship from some corporation, you know, to, to sponsor their ministry. No, God's work is done God's way when God's people fund God's work and it happens no other way. Uh, we don't put uh, some you know, uh, corporation's name on our building because they support the work here. No, it's supported by God's people. And Gaius got it. Gaius understood that. Gaius wasn't grouchy about his finances. He was generous with them and generous with his home. He says, come on in and tell me about the ministry that God has entrusted to you and how we can be a part of that. And he supported these. By the way, did you know that even Jesus had people who financially supported his ministry? Even Jesus did. We know that for two reasons. First of all, Judas was the treasurer. How ironic is that? But Luke chapter eight, verses one to three, tells us that there were many women who were business people and marketplace people who out of their means supported the work of Jesus. Are you a gospel patron, starting with your own church? How's your your gospel patronage? Are you like Gaius, generous and hospitable with all that God has entrusted to you? The Apostle Paul had uh, gospel patrons people who supported his ministry. Read his letter to Philippians chapter four, and he, he thanks the Philippians for supporting his missionary work. Are you more like a generous, hospitable Gaius, walking in the truth, walking in love, walking in obedience to God's commands, and on top of that, generous and hospitable? Are you more like Gaius, or are you like Diotrephes? You say, Pastor, who is Diotrephes? Again, I'm glad you asked because uh, when we read on, we learn about a stark contrast between Gaius, hospitable and generous Gaius, and hateful and hostile, Diotrephes. Look at it in verse 9. I have written something to the church, John says, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, I'll come back to that does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want want to and puts them out of the church. Now, if Gaius was humble and generous and hospitable, Again, Diotrephes, by contrast, was prideful, wanted to put himself first, and uh, was full of hatred and hostility.
1: Still ahead, the rest of Dr. Ron Jones' message, 2nd and 3rd John, Walking in Truth, Love, and Obedience, right here on Something Good Radio. SomethingGoodRadio.org is the place to go to hear any of Ron's messages on demand That's SomethingGoodRadio.org And when you stop by check out the new Something Good digital library That's where you can search to find answers to your biblical questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry You can stream for free and on demand at SomethingGoodRadio.org
0: The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66 from Chicago, Illinois to Santa Monica, California.
1: Get your kicks on Route 66.
0: Get your kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. Get your kicks on the Biblical Route 66. Join me on The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible.
1: Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 Old Testament, is now available for pre order. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384 page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The digital library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The ultimate road trip through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home library. And Pastor, as you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible, what has been most impactful about the experience and what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book? Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace
0: of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. Uh, My relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible and offers the reader a bit of a, a bird's eye view of the major themes of each book showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy
1: Spirit. Stop by SomethingGoodRadio.org to request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, for your gift of $30 or more. Give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245 Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. Now here's Ron with the second half of today's message, 2nd and 3rd John, Walking in Truth, Love, and Obedience.
0: Uh, One of the things and one of the problems with Diotrephes was he would not submit to John's apostolic authority. John was an apostle. An aging apostle, the last of the living apostles, which meant he saw the resurrected Christ. Now, 50 or 60 years later, Diotrephes thinks he's all that plus a cup of tea. And John wrote some letters, he says. We have a copy of three of them. Maybe he wrote others. We don't know. But he says, I wrote letters, and I sent them out to be distributed to the churches and read. But when the letter came to Diotrephes, he didn't read it. He just tossed it aside. He would not submit to John's apostolic authority. And John says, because Diotrephes wants to put himself first. Ooh, wait a minute, Diotrephes. You got a problem with that. Uh, Furthermore, Diotrephes was using his tongue to speak wicked nonsense against us, John said. And then, Furthermore, well, that's enough, isn't it? But somebody needed to pull diatrophies aside and say, buddy, it ain't about you. Now there's a fine line between um, pastors or elders and deacons and lay volunteers uh, sort of diving into ministry and taking ownership of it. Actually, a better word is stewardship of it. You take stewardship of it. There's a fine line between that and thinking like you own it. Like this is all about you and you're setting up your little fiefdom and your followers and you're doing more and more of this like you own the place. That's Diotrephes. He thought he owned the place and he wasn't gonna let John or anybody else creep into his little fiefdom, his little kingdom that he was setting up. I said for a long time, I have done my best to expunge from my vocabulary Uh, the personal pronoun, my, when I talk about this church. This isn't my church. I mean, I'm at best an interim pastor. I'm the fourth lead pastor of a church that's been here for more than 40 years. And hopefully, if Jesus tarries beyond my lifetime, (laughs) uh, there will be a fifth lead pastor, right? But I, I, I don't own this, and neither do you, Diotrephes. We, we want people to take stewardship of what God has entrusted to us. And, and be serious about it, but you don't own it. You don't own the people. And don't prance around like this is my, my ministry and my place and I built this and I'm gonna take these people with me. I have seen, I haven't met Diotrephes personally, I'm not that old, but I have met his distant cousin more than once or twice in 30 plus years of ministry. John says, when I come and I'm there face to face, I'm gonna call this man out. I will expose him. And he goes on to say, don't act like diatrophies. Instead of the negative example, John finishes on a positive note. Look at it in verse 11. He says, beloved, do not imitate evil implication, Diotrephes, who thinks he owns the place, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God, whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius, not to be confused with Diotrephes, Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. What's John doing here? He's saying, follow the example of Demetrius, who like Gaius and like me, were just humble servants of God who are walking in the truth and love and obedience. We're generous, we're hospitable. But don't follow Diotrephes. Diotrephes has one of two choices, repent or run, get out of here. We're not gonna treat you know, God's church like it's your own little kingdom you're building for yourself. Now, I love the fact that we have these little postcards in the Bible because God's just sort of lifting the lid on all the politics of the church, right? All politics is local. That may work in Washington, D.C., but we don't need politics in the church. We don't need diatrophies, a Tip O'Neill type or somebody like that, you know, playing the gamesmanship and playing politics in the church. No, this isn't a place for church politics. And John makes that, uh, makes it very, very clear. Ministry in the local church can be messy sometimes. And I'm glad we get a little glimpse inside from something that was happening 2,000 years ago in such a localized context that it just involved a few people. In the context here, for one Diotrephes, there were three people who were doing it right. There was John the Apostle, right? And then there was Gaius and Demetrius. And that's the way it is most of the time in most churches, but it only takes one Diotrephes to just stir things up. And that's why it takes bold, courageous leadership like John was exhibiting here to keep his antennae up and to say, when I come, I'm gonna deal with Diotrephes. I'm gonna deal with that. Because the overall health of the church you know, is, is at stake here. I, I guess one of the overall questions I, I wanna ask myself and ask you at the same time is, are we children of God by faith in Jesus Christ who are walking in the truth, walking in love toward one another, walking in obedience to God's commands, opening up our hearts and our lives generously and uh, with hospitality towards others because if we are you know what we're doing we're contributing to a congregational life that fills our hearts with joy there's nothing more distressing when there are too many diatrophies, you know trying to uh, work their political way up the church ladder so to speak so so be that child of god who's walking in truth and love and obedience and hospitality and generosity and 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 it's it's it's, it's a way to contribute to a larger vibe that's happening here in our church that makes it an enjoyable place, I always say, to work if you're on staff or to worship as we come together you know, in congregational life. Beware of the false teachers, John says. Beware of uh, the diatrophies who are making it all about themselves but be the child of God who walks in truth, who walks in love toward one another, obedience to God's command, and whose life is characterized by by generosity and a, a hospitality toward others that is really reflective of that stewardship attitude that we must adopt for ourselves. We own nothing. It all belongs to Him including his church, and we are the, the stewards. Uh, we are the managers who are responsible for a season of time, and we wanna behave well. I'm glad this is a healthy season in the life of our church. It's been a long time since I've had to deal with, or the elders have had to deal with, a diotrophies, and I hope that never happens again. But we have a, a wonderful thing that God is doing in the life of our church, and that this season in a church that's been here for more than four decades. Let's do our individual part uh, to make sure that continues. Walk in truth, walk in love toward one another, walk in obedience to God's commands. Be a generous and a hospitable person. And that goes a long way to contributing to the kind of congregational life we all love and desire and that fills our hearts with great joy, amen?
1: Thanks so much for being with us for today's Something Good radio message, 2nd and 3rd John, Walking in Truth, Love, and Obedience. And Dr. Ron joins me here in studio. Ron, both here in today's message and in some of your recent messages in the Pauline epistles and the general epistles, sound doctrine is a point of emphasis. Talk about the importance of sound doctrine in the church today and the dangers of anything unsound being taught. I am glad to, Brian. You know, there is a connection between loving God, walking
0: in obedience to His commands, and sound doctrine, sound doctrine which emanates from the Word of God. Thus, there is a very real, tangible relationship between sound doctrine and spiritual growth. So getting sound doctrine by reading the Word of God for ourselves and also hearing sound doctrine taught in our churches is paramount to loving God and obeying Him and growing in our faith. And, Brian, that is why uh, false doctrine can lead so many astray. You can't even begin to love God for who he is if you're being taught falsely about him. For example, if salvation is said to be a faith plus works proposition, well, that is a false doctrine that leads to false ideas about Christ, which means even if you love him under those circumstances, you're loving a false version of him. Now, unsound doctrine presents a very real danger. It upsets legitimate faith in Christ, and worse, leads people astray. Sound doctrine, on the other hand, leads people to spiritual maturity, both individually and as a body, because it leads to the love of God and to obedience. Bottom line, Brian, is that sound doctrine is what leads to right belief, which is what leads to right behavior. Anything short of that is um, dangerous and
1: the church needs to address it and eliminate it. That's Dr. Ron Jones and some final thoughts on the relationship between sound doctrine and obedience. Well, as usual, Ron, the clock is winding down. Tell us what's coming our way tomorrow when you continue your teaching series, Route 66, the ultimate road trip through the Bible. Well, Brian, speaking of sound doctrine, my next message focuses
0: on the book of Jude. Uh, Jude, like James, was a half-brother of Jesus. Now Jude was rather outspoken about anything that undermined the true gospel of Jesus Christ. He sternly warns us about false teachers that have crept into the church unnoticed. He calls on his readers to uh, oppose, to debate, and to ultimately stamp out anything that flies in the face of true biblical doctrine. And that message still applies to us today. So I'll take a closer look at this uh, brief New Testament book next time as I continue my teaching series,
1: Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Jude Contending for the Faith. Join us then for Something Good. Now for Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio. I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.